Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon. Welcome to Elder's Targeted Individual Community Call. It's Saturday, February 13th, 2016. So there was an article that came out a few days ago in The Intercept. <clears throat> And it has to do with fighting um, radicalized extremism. What's really interesting is that they showed a new website that was published a few days ago from the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, called Don't Be a Puppet. What's really interesting about that is it's almost like going to my own website and pulling every piece of information that I documented about my analysis as to what was transpiring on the streets of America by community members who were actively participating in these domestic terrorist activities, that they had been radicalized into extremism based on propaganda and negative false light narratives about an individual, and that they took whatever tactic technique and or weaponized technology that was handed to them and began committing indiscriminate acts of violence. Those are all considered extremism, radicalized extremism and terrorism. Now, they can make us puppets. I admit it, as a target, especially when, you're, when you implant people with uh, neurotechnologies and you're zapping their cognitive motor central nervous system and their behavioral functions. They would like to, the people who are involved with this say, you know, those are the real puppets. But you see, it's been done through coercion, through trauma-based mind control uh, or brainwashing techniques. Those are all coercive methodologies. We didn't have a choice. Every one of your civilian perpetrators that have been actively participating did have a choice. And they chose to become radicalized extremists. They chose to believe the propagandized lies that were told about that individual, that target that was living in that community. And they decided to, as a group, in secret, commit indiscriminate acts of violence. They had every means and opportunity to think outside the box, to critically think for themselves, but they chose to be a part of the group think. See, I've said this repeatedly throughout all the shows that I have at one time or another. In all my 700 recordings, my website outlines groupthink, hive minds, radicalized extremism, negative false light narratives, propaganda, going after, going after leaders within communities. I'm like a broken record. But what I'm realizing is that website, along with my shows, along with other target shows that have outlined the operation, tactical operations, is really like a dial on the future. I'm sourced now. I'm published. And what was really interesting was I found um, One Stop Shop. I published it, not only sent it to the Department of Defense Inspector General for criminal investigation under waste, fraud, and abuse back in 2010, sent it to Barbara Boxer, Diane Feinstein, uh, the FBI and everything, outlining this whole operation that was taking place on American soil. But I also printed it and I uh, published a comment. Uh, Jeremy Scahill used to have a 
blog called Rebel Report. And so he took down the website or he let his you know site expire. But recently I found the archive. So he republished or he had the archive and he republished it. And there was my work. There was my outline. There was me begging him for help in 2010, outlining the operations about what was taking place. That was 2010. We're in 2016. And a few days ago, the Federal Bureau of Investigation published something called Don't Be a Puppet. So let me read the article from The Intercept. The Intercept, and this was uh, published February 11th, 2016. Lawsuit demands information on shadowy shadowy countering violent extremism, quote-unquote, programs in United States. This is by Murtaza Hussein, February 11, 2016, published at 2.30 p.m. Last February, the White House held a three-day summit on the topic of countering violent extremism. At the summit, government officials announced the launch of pilot programs in Boston, Los Angeles, and Minnesota to explore the preventive aspects of counterterrorism as well as interventions to undermine the attraction of extremist movements. One year later, it's still unclear what that entails exactly. The government has provided few details on how it actually intends to counter extremism in the United States. Despite calling CVE or Countering Violent Extremism an administration priority in the 2017 fiscal budget and allocating tens of millions of dollars in spending in an is in an indication of how these efforts are ramping up. This week, a Senate subcommittee on Homeland Security approved a bill to create an office for partnerships against violent extremism, which will soon head to the full Senate for approval. A 2017 budget submission for the Office of Justice Programs also mentioned $69 million for CDE programs proposed for the Department of Homeland Security and Justice. Hoping to shed light on the situation, the American Civil Liberties Union yesterday filed a lawsuit under the Freedom of Information Act against the Department of Justice, Department of Homeland Security, the Federal Bill of Investigation, the Department of Education, and other federal agencies demanding the release of information about their CBE initiatives. Countering violent extremism programs have been identified by the government as a top national security priority, but the public knows appallingly little about them, says Hina Shamisi, director of the ACLU's National Security Project. We are suing because government agencies have repeatedly failed to provide us information that we requested about the nature of their CBE initiatives. In a briefing paper released with this lawsuit, the ACLU said the CBE program often targets people for monitoring based on their beliefs or ideologies thus potentially criminalizing speech protected under the First Amendment. It also highlighted past abuses of CVE programs, including instances in which young people who refused to take part were characterized as radicals and where community leaders were told they would have to identify and discuss cases of specific specific use with law enforcement. 
The Department of Homeland Security declined to comment for this story, citing pending litigation. The Department of Justice did not respond to requests for comment. Government-led CBE efforts in the United States are inspired in large part by programs rolled out in past years in the United Kingdom. Broadly speaking, CBE programs seek to extend counterterrorism efforts beyond law enforcement to involve other government workers like teachers and social workers, as well as community leaders outside of government like clergy. They can involve propaganda and other communication strategies, as well as monitoring and questioning. Those programs have been deeply controversial in the United Kingdom, where civil society activists have blamed them for exacerbating ethnic tensions within British society while failing to meaningfully fight extremism. In recent months, the United Kingdom government has also rolled out anti-radicalization programs in schools, which have led to instances in which Muslim children, school children have been stigmatized by teachers as potential terrorists. In the United States, some of the most controversial CVE initiatives are those that focus on children. Leaked documents from the National Counterterrorism Center published by The Intercept last year show that the government has developed a questionnaire to evaluate young people for their risk of future extremism. Evidently, for use by social workers, healthcare practitioners, and teachers, among others. A controversial online counter-extremism game called Don't Be a Puppet was also launched by the FBI this week, ostensibly targeting, targeted at the same young demographics. The apparent focus on young people as a target of government counter-extremism initiatives should be troubling to everyone, says Shamisi. It would be very unfortunate to see teachers or social workers potentially reporting kids to law enforcement as possible extremists, particularly when many of the designated warning signs for extremism correspond with ordinary behaviors often exhibited by adolescents and teenagers. Critics have also questioned whether there is any credible empirical or scientific basis behind CVE's initiative. So if you are a targeted victim and you see all the youths running around, running amok, doing all this shady ass shit to your ass, they have empirical evidence about how kids can be radicalized because they radicalize them for their experiments. We're not the only experimentees. But see, whereas we didn't have a choice and we never consented, most of your radicalized extremist civilian population in the perpetrator community did volunteer. That's on them. <clears throat> so if, they're, if they have credible empirical evidence, they have proven it. City after city, state after state, nation after nation, where there was a solo target who was, who was used as a human scapegoat. And they radicalized people into extremism. And these people were willing to commit indiscriminate acts of violence against that CI. They were provided tactics, techniques, and or weaponized pieces of technology. And they fired them at us. On many given, any given day, repeatedly. The ACLU, along, um, alongside many Muslim American civil society groups, fears that the United States government CVE efforts will similarly undermine the position 
of Muslims living here. Our country's history shows that policies and programs that stigmatize one group always inevitably spread to other groups, Sharmisi says. The government's focus should be on policing crimes, not thoughts and beliefs. So that was their article. Let me read you the fact sheet that came out from this. So this was published, uh, this was February 18, 2015, so a year ago, almost a year ago. And it says, fact sheet, the White House summit on countering violent extremism. This week, the White House is convening a three-day summit on countering violent extremism, or CVE, to bring together local, federal, and international leaders, including President Obama and foreign ministers, to discuss concrete steps the United States and its partners can take to develop community-oriented approaches to counter hateful extremist ideologies that radicalize, recruit, or incite to violence. Violent extremist threats can come from a range of groups and individuals, including domestic terrorists and homegrown violent extremists in the United States, as well as terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIL. Understanding Countering Violent Extremism. CVE encompasses the preventive aspects of counterterrorism, as well as interventions to undermine the attraction of extremist movements and ideologies that seek to promote violence. CVE efforts address the root causes of extremism through community engagement, including the following program. Building awareness, including briefings on the drivers and indicators of radicalization and recruitment to violence. Countering extremist narratives, directly addressing and countering violent extremist recruitment narratives, such as encouraging civil society-led encounter a led counter narratives online and emphasizing community-led intervention, empowering community efforts to disrupt the radicalization process before an individual engages in criminal activities. United States government policy to counter violent extremism here at home. In August 2011, the White House released Empowering Local Partners to Prevent Violent Extremism in the United States, the first national strategy to prevent violent extremism domestically. The underlying premise of the approach to countering violent extremism in the United States is that, one, communities provide the solution to violent extremism, and two, CVE efforts are best um, pursued at the local levels tailored to local dynamics where local officials continue to build relationships with their communities through established community policing and community outreach mechanisms. So right here, okay, if you look on my website, the first thing it says is, are you a member of? Or you have to participate in, knowing that you would be violating the fundamental rights and liberties of that individual. And I go through the whole list. So they're going back to saying that they're going to use these these people. No, they aren't. They're not the ones who are being recruited. They think they are. They're the ones who go on the list for the real recruits to be monitoring. See, there's a difference. There's a difference between community policing and becoming secret vigilantes that torture people and terrorize them and rob from them. That's extremism. 
The federal government's most effective role in strengthening community partnerships and preventing violent extremism is as a facilitator, convener, and source, source of research and findings. Since the release of the strategy, local government and communities around the United States have developed prevention frameworks that address the unique issues facing their local communities. Three cities, Greater Boston, Los Angeles, and the Twin Cities, with the leadership of representatives from the federal government, have created pilot programs to foster partnerships between local government, law enforcement, mayor's offices, the private sector, local service provider, academia, and many others who can help prevent violent extremism. Federal departments and agencies have begun expanding support to local stakeholders and practitioners who are on the ground serving their communities. Each city created an action plan tailored to address the root causes of community needs they identified. The pilot framework developed by these three cities emphasizes the strengths of local communities with the premise that well-informed and well-equipped families, communities, and local institutions represent the best defense against violent extremist ideologies and offer three overreaching components. The federal government is supporting these efforts in a number of important ways in conjunction with the summit, we are announcing new steps to advance our whole of nation CV efforts, including, including by appointing the first ever senior level full-time CVE coordinator at the Department of Homeland Security, establishing in partnership with the city of Los Angeles, the Los Angeles-based Office for Strategic Engagement and committed, committed on-the-ground dedicated staff to facilitate information sharing engagement with local partners, strengthening of community and law enforcement partnerships, and the local establishment of prevention and intervention frameworks. Due to the success in Los Angeles, Department of Homeland Security on-the-ground engagement staff will be expanded in 2015 to Boston and other municipalities across the country, seeking $15 million, blah, blah, blah. Uh, awarded $3.5 million in National Institute of Justice Research and Evaluations grants and addressed domestic radicalization to violent extremism for the third year. Leading a workshop with the creative arts community and community leaders in Los Angeles to develop innovative, scalable, and implementable programs and tools to counter violent extremism. Well, you know what? LA knows all about this motherfucking shit because they, all they have to do is activate their sleeper cells. That's your community base. Community-based harassment. They turn these guys into radical extremists. And then they have the unmitigated motherfucking gall a few years later to say, okay, now these guys are out of control. We need to neutralize them. Neutralize the fucking terrorists. Neutralize the domestic terrorists. Sponsoring a joint Department of Homeland Security and Department of Justice Symposium for local partners to collaborate and share best practices on intervention and prevention framework development and implementation in 2015, and joining Canada and the United Kingdom to bring together researchers from four robust and comprehensive research programs to deliver practical, timely, and plain-spoken results to practitioners. This international compilation will ensure the best results are validated and shared with those who need them most. So then it goes on to the United Nations, uh, focusing on, I'll give you the link, I put the link in the chat already. <laughs> Widening global-based social media. So let me, now, so what I'm trying to say is, the perpetrator community, they really believe, this is how delusional these people are. If you're going to counter violent extremism, the first thing you want to look at is, what are violent extremists? 
What do they look like in our society? How do we weed these people? How do we get them to bubble to the surface? What you do is you get a scapegoat. People that you'd never expect. You set up a solo target. You put them into communities. And then you spread propaganda about that target. And then you watch these people bubble to the surface. I'll guarantee you every motherfucker that's doing the research on this this social experiment never guessed that the vast majority of people who bubble to the surface, who have become violent sadists, who enjoy torturing people, were people they never expected would be like that. People who go to church, who pray to their Jesus, who are pillars of communities, who are leaders in organizations, they never would have thought that these people would radicalize other people to believe that it was okay to commit indiscriminate acts of violence against an unarmed, defenseless human being, in particular when they utilize directed energy weapons to torture that person in the privacy of their home. They would never believe that that police officer, that fireman, that EMT, that teacher, that social worker, that lawyer, that business owner, that they would ever, ever be involved with doing something like this. They think that they are the community police, but they're not. They're the ones that you needed to bubble up to the surface so that when you pick the true community leaders, they were not these type of fucking people. You have to weed them out first. So this is the White House press, and it tells you about extremism, religious leaders, and faith community engagement. The United States works with religious leaders, civil society, 2013, youth engagement, okay? So you're hearing me say all these things about what they're looking for. So now I'm going to go to the first page of my my website, and I'm going to show you how they did it to first get these community people to bubble to the surface that they knew were fucking sadistic psychopaths, narcissists. Then once you weed them out, then you have the true people in society that actually believe in the rule of law and a civilized society. Not a group of fucking sadists who enjoy torturing people. So the first thing mine does is in the middle of the page is called uh, under uh, are you the victim of or potential participant in domestic terrorism by state and corporate sponsored tactics and organized stalking, remote electronic and biological technological terrorism. Welcome to the unconstitutional police state 2.0. So it has, is this happening to you and are you being pressured too? But in the middle it says, are you a member or employee of the following? So this is back in the counterterrorism. We know that threat, assessment fusion centers are represented above by the Arizona Counterterrorism Information Center have been set up around the country in order to federalize local communities through public and private partnership programs. On their website, ACTIC or whatever, it says Community Liaison Program, which now includes more than 4,000 contact, uh, con- 
contact representatives from 300 private and public sector organizations, participants to support the National Homeland Security Strategies, strengthening information sharing and collaboration capabilities. In so doing, they have enlisted the following partnerships, religious groups, block watches, private security companies, tourism industry, financial groups, utility companies, public health organizations, educational institutions, technology, transportation, community groups, and many, many more. You may be asked to participate without due process, warrant, court order, legal documentation to violate the targeted individual's fundamental basic rights and liberties guaranteed to all equally. If so, you may be the victim of professional recruitment and manipulation under false flag operations based upon tainted fruit of the poisonous tree and psychological operations, and because they just might be spying on you, your organizations, and our members within. So, I'm already published. 2015, the White House does a fact sheet on this new counterterrorism of your community groups. You're, the community groups that targets have been dealing with are not the real community groups. They're the ones they needed to weed out of society. Because, see, you don't want people who are community, so-called watching communities, to be radical extremists that are torturing and killing people indiscriminately. That's what terrorists do. That's what your perpetrator community has been involved with. So they can sit there and they can pat themselves on the back because they're so fucking delusional and so narcissistic in their thinking that they have delusions of fucking grandeur. They believe they're so fucking important in all of this. And they were the ones they needed to weed out of society. Because look how easy it was for them to torture to the point of death and some that they did kill. That's not police in a neighborhood. You're not going after violent people. You're torturing someone in the privacy of their living space who's not breaking any laws. Why would you do that? Because you can? Because they provide a cover for you? No, because they're studying people that are extremists, that are violent, that are susceptible to extremism. That's your perpetrator community, lock, stock, and smoke and barrel. Remember I call them the one core capability. They couldn't even make it past the five military core capabilities. They could not make it past psychological operations and propaganda before they picked up whatever tactic, technique, and or weaponized technology was handed to them. Then these guys sat back after they radicalized them to see what they would do to a TI. Well, we have dead TIs to prove what radicalized extremists do. We have a TI that was shot on the 91 freeway in Southern California in Orange County because that radical extremist went cross state lines and opened fire on a TI. So when you looked at him, he was an artist. He wasn't a gang member. He was someone who did art, apparently. Radicalized into extremism by state corporate and academia sponsor, sanction, and cover up. 
So now I'm going to go to the um, website, the FBI website. It's called uh, Don't Be a Puppet. So I'll give you the link. came up or not. Am I still on my website? Yeah. And what it is is that it says the Federal Bureau of Investigation and then it says don't be a puppet. They have one, two, three. They have this puppet, okay? And then it says one, what is violent extremism? Two, why do people become violent extremists? Three, what are known violent extremist groups? Four, how do violent extremists make contact? Five, who do violent extremists affect? Where to get help? Yeah, right. Well, don't go to the FBI because how many of us targets said that we're dealing with violent extremism? We're dealing with a domestic terrorist organization. And when we say, when we told them about gang stalking, we said, don't look at the gangs in, in any of your, you know, like our, in my case, the Salinas and stuff. It's not those kind of gangs. It's a stereotype. These are community members who've been radicalized into extremism. How many fucking times does a target have to tell law enforcement about that motherfucking shit? Now you got the website with these things with strings on them. Hey, I know that they can get me to bark like a fucking dog because they put implants in my fucking brain. That can zap me right out for a second and put me in a post-hypnotic suggestive state. That's all coercive. This shit is about what it is. What is violent extremism? Well, I can go back to my website because I have a whole section on violent extremism. So let's do my website, which I've already published about violent extremism, and let's go back to the Federal Bureau of Fucking Investigations website about violent fucking extremism. So it starts at number three and it goes on to number four. First degree provocation by violent radicalized extremists. Number three from my website. <clears throat> it says, by terrorist team or teams and their violent radicalized extremists, terrorist civilian recruits. What is violent extremism? Violent extremism describes the belief and actions of people who support or use violence to achieve ideological, religious, or political goals. This includes terrorism, other forms of politically motivated violence, and some forms of communal violence. So I have that highlighted in red, communal violence. All forms of violent extremism, no matter what their motivation, seek change through fear and intimidation rather than constructive democratic processes. So that's on my website. Now let's flip over to the assholes at the FBI. And I'm going to call them all kinds of names because their asses should have been here protecting our asses in particular, when they saw that these radicalized extremist civilian groups were going too far and a target ended up dead. Fuck your asses for failure to investigate. So here's the FBI's website. Number one, what is violent extremism? They have it all, you know, they all condensed it, right? Mine's a little bit more wordy. Here's theirs. 
Violent extremism is encouraging, condoning, justifying, or supporting the commission of a violent act to achieve political, ideological, religious, social, or economic goals. And it says, explore the key parts and tools of violent extremism by clicking on each topic. So they have groupthink, okay? So here's groupthink. This is what they call groupthink. Now we're going to go back to my website that I published a long time ago because I also have that as one of the main parts of it, which is called the dangers of groupthink. Oh, wait, wasn't that what I just talked about from my website? Oh, no, here. Okay, so then you go back to the next one. Number three, community-based, violent, radicalized extremists, the dangers of groupthink. This is all from my website, mind you. Hive minds, groupthink, critical thinking. It's all there. It's already published. So now let's go back to the FBI's website. Groupthink. This is what they call groupthink. A group thing. Groups can be a powerful way to bring people together to achieve common goals. Group thing happens, however, when those in the group stop, stop stating their opinions or using critical thinking because they wish to avoid conflict. This can result in extremely poor decision-making. Violent extremist organizations are highly vulnerable to group think. They are often headed or motivated by a strong leader who is rarely challenged. Different beliefs or ideas are not accepted. Violent extremist groups often work in secret, not only because their activities and plans are illegal, but also because they want to keep out others' opinions. So every target knows they work in secret. Because if you, had, if you thought that I committed a crime, then why isn't the police station here? Why don't they subpoena me? Because what the fuck they're doing is illegal. But see, all a handler has to do is tell their, the group that what they're doing is legal. And they keep on doing it. You don't need to be secret if what, the, what you claim the person has done is a crime. So that's groupthink from radicalized extremism. First, they tell you what radicalized extremism. Now let's go blame and propaganda. The blame game. Placing blame is an effective way to recruit people with feelings or frustrations and turn them into a group united by a sense of purpose. It enables extremists to invent an enemy that must be destroyed. This makes violence seem like the best solution and even a moral duty. This is from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, remember, they just published this shit. But I'm going to go back to how they went about doing it. So extremist groups and individuals often appear in communities struggling with social or political issues. Rather than improving these situations or their own lives, through constructive, constructive action, violent extremists often place the blame on another person or group. They argue that the only solution to these problems or injustices is to violently oppose and even destroy those they claim are responsible. But see, I can go back to the seven-stage hate, the psychopathology of hate groups. See, I've outlined all of it for fucking years. 
Distorted principles. Here's another one. See, they have to be justified in what they're doing, right? So it says, distorted principles. Violent extremists are driven by twisted beliefs and values or ideologies. They are tied to political, religious, economic, and or social goals. They should put and or. Because it's not one or the other. It could be all of these combined. So, excuse me, FBI, but instead of putting or social, you need and or social. So you include all of them. For example, many violent extremist ideologies are based on the hatred of another race, religion, ethnicity, gender, and or country slash government of origin. Which you should put that, too. Violent extremists often think that their beliefs or ways of life are under attack and that extreme violence is the only solution to their frustrations and problems. Despite what they sometimes say, violent extremists often do not believe in fundamental American values like democracy, human rights, tolerance, and inclusion. So when you look at your perpetrator community, oh, they're this hot shit group, man. You want to be a part of our hot shit group? But what do I call these people? I call them traitors. I call them anti-American. I call them people who don't believe in the Constitution because the moment they stated that my constitutionally protected rights and liberties did not matter was the moment they renounced their own. That they said that because mine didn't matter, then that means that they didn't respect the Constitution. Our government is not about the placeholder in that position. It is about the Constitution that lets me know that, a, you know, the commander-in-chief, right, has to be a natural-born citizen. He has to be above a certain age. He serves two terms. I know that senators, you have two representative or two representatives from each state they get to serve x number of terms etc that is not because they made it up it's because that document called the constitution tells me what my government is that's why when these people in your community say that your constitutionally protected rights don't matter then they're saying that the government doesn't matter the government is not the placeholder it is the constitution Therefore, I can claim that these people have committed treason and sedition against this nation based on the realities and the facts that they said my constitutionally protected rights and liberties did not matter. Then they don't believe in the Constitution, which means they don't believe in America. So let me repeat that one. Despite what they sometimes say, violent extremists often do not believe in fundamental American values like democracy, human rights, tolerance, and inclusion. Of course, being a solo target is then excluded from the group. See, they can get every fucking member of the Monterey fucking peninsula to vote that it's okay to do this to me. But see, you're still not in a democracy because you leave the victim out of that process. Then you don't have a democracy. You have handlers and tyrants telling you what democracy is. 
Violent extremists sometimes twist religious teachings and other beliefs to support their own goals. Well, if that ain't the motherfucking truth. I don't know how many targets have said they've gone to their churches and their clergy and the members, the deacons and all these people in their churches have targeted them. Why? Because you look for the leaders who filter the information down and then they think it's okay to target that individual in a church setting. Now, the predominant religion is not Satanism or, you know, uh, 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 Muslim religion. It's Christianity in this country. So where do you think the first fucking place is going to be that the Department of Homeland Security, National Security, the Department of Defense are going to go? They are going to go to the religious organizations, first and foremost, to manipulate. Why? Because I'm going to read you something that Hitler knew himself. So now let's go back to my website, because I'm going to go flash back and forth, because I'm already published, even before the FBI's website. The dangers of groupthink, right? How the recruited perps are turned into group thinking, vigilantes, and vengeance-obsessed, violent, radicalized extremists. So this is, this is me, my analysis as a victim of the crimes. There's a danger of groupthink that has led to state, corporate, academia, and civilian recruited organized stalking using the following techniques and tactics, crowding, mobbing, whatever. So I'm not going to go through that. What I want to go through is about brainwashing and about about, um, Hitler, in his own words, about religion. And I read this over and over because Aldous Huxley nailed it. The first thing is about, um, let me get the religious part. So it says Hitler's aim was first, so it says, um, as he himself said, to be a leader means to be able to move the masses. Hitler's aim was first to move the masses and then, having pried them loose from their traditional loyalties and moralities, to impose upon them, with the hypnotized consent of the majority, a new authoritarian order of his own devising. Hitler's aim was first to move the masses, and then, okay, so this is Hitler, wrote Hermann Rauschen in 1939, had a deep respect for the Catholic Church and the Jesuit order, not because of their Christian doctrine, but because of the machinery they have elaborated and controlled, their hierarchical system, their extremely clever tactics, their knowledge of human nature, and their wise use of human weaknesses in ruling over believers, ecclesiasticism without Christianity, the discipline of the monastic rule, not for God's sake or in order to achieve personal salvation, but for the sake of the state and for the greater glory and power of the demagogue-turned-leader. This was the goal towards which the systematic moving of the masses was to lead. Even Hitler knew the churches already control those people some extent, especially those true believers. All you have to do is convince the pastor, the priest, the reverend, and then he can spew the poison for them. 
And they use Bible, right, as a justification to do harm to other people. So I've called these type of extremist groups of Christianity religion, you know, they use it as the book of excusology. They should change the name of the Bible to the book of excusology. First, you use it to justify committing heinous and egregious crimes against humanity. And then when you get caught, and then when it's proven that you guys were wrong, then you turn around and use the Bible to say, but only God can judge me. But you spend all your time as believers judging and slaughtering and harming other people. But when it's turned on your ass, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, oh, but God's the only person who can judge me. The book of excusology. So there's the religious twistings. You see it all the time now. You see Ted Cruz going after the religious right, preying upon their weaknesses. You have that, what's his name, uh, Jack Abernoff and uh, Ralph Reed, Mr. Religious Right. They used to write emails mocking these Christians. Oh, we don't want this to happen? Well, just get out the wackos, the religious fundamentalists. Let them go out there and protest, the wackos. They used to laugh at these people, just like I'm sure the FBI is laughing at the perpetrator community that they helped to facilitate and radicalize that now they have to neutralize. Propaganda. Obedience, disguise. So it says propaganda. Violent extremists often use propaganda, misleading or biased information that support the particular point of view to trick people into believing their ideologies. It's the primary extremist recruiting tool, and you could be a target. The goal of propaganda is to create a compelling story that people will buy into by twisting the facts. Okay? This right here is negative false light narrative. So now, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to, um, so this is pretty much, they have symbols too. I have that on my website. What, you know, uh, on my website, so we have the dangers of group thing, and down towards the bottom, I said the only thing, uh, where is this, number, it says, uh, on the website, it says, what identifying symbol does this domestic terrorist organization use? All this domestic and now international terrorists, along with their radicalized global civilian coalition of the willing, need to unify them all is some type of unity symbol, not unlike the swastika. This way, this global coalition of the willing can show who they really are and let everyone else know that they are simply nothing more than the global rise of the fourth right. So once again, let's go back to the FBI website. Oh, symbols. So this is on this is on their place. What is violent extremism? Here's the symbol. Again, I think I'm going to sue the FBI for plagiarism. Symbols. A symbol is something that stands for something else. For example, common American symbols such as the United States flag, Statue of Liberty, White House, and bald eagle represent this country and its freedoms. A symbol can build pride or create a positive emotional connection. Symbols can also be used to create fear and to control people. 
Violent extremists have used various symbols over the years to fuel feelings of revenge and hatred. They have also attacked, uh, attacked many symbols of America and other countries to make their actions seem more important. <laughs> so anyway, this is something that everybody should look into. What are no, okay, what do violent extremists, uh, who do violent extremists affect? Why do people become violent extremists? Why do people become violent extremists? No single reason explains why people become violent extremists, but it often happens when someone is trying to fill a deep personal need. For example, a person may feel alone or lack meaning and purpose in life. Those who are emotionally upset after a stressful event also may be vulnerable to recruitment. Some people also become violent extremists because they disagree with government policy, hate certain types of people, don't feel valued, or appreciated by society or think they have limited chances of success. So they're maladjusted people is basically what it is. So, kind of sad, don't you think? So now I'm going to go to One Stop Shop that was published in 2010 under Jeremy Scahill's uh, Rebel Report. This this is the archive version. So he must have let his website lapse, but somehow I found it recently, or he republished it and opened up his archives for this website. That documents me under Alda, you know, A Mysteriosa, having published a comment on his website outlining all of this. So you know how the you know a lot of apparently some of the targets were saying well the shrinks are saying you know the psychiatrists are saying well see they're so delusional that they're making they're pretending like they're victims because of the Snowden leaks like you you decided to become a target now that you knew about the Snowden leaks and I'm telling these motherfucking assholes in the psychiatric community and sociology and anthropology fuck you guys I'm already fucking published I didn't make something up after something came out. I outlined it and detailed it. So if you go to the DOD investigating nine cases, there's 12 comments. <laughs> and I wrote a five-page comment on May 27th, and it says six years ago because it was 2010, now it's 2016, okay? And I called it One Stop Shop. And I have it on my website because I, I cleaned it up more on the website and went into more detail. But this is what I was doing right in 2010, Okay. On 30 October 2003, an information operation roadmap mandate was published and then declassified in 2006, outlining the integration of five core capabilities, electronic warfare, computer networks, psychological operations, military deception, and it's actually operational security, but security operations, in concert with specified supporting and related capabilities. From this dictate, in the year 2006, joint operations manuals were published. Then I gave all the, and actually you can find these JP, these are joint special forces, and it has info, ops, you know, operational security, military deception, MILDEC, and all this. There was one problem. The Joint Forces' ability to integrate these five core capabilities did not have sufficiently trained soldiers under private security contractors to fulfill the 2003 Information Operation Roadmap Directive. And in 2006, another report, Developing Joint Operations Warriors, was published. There was another problem. How to successfully operate in denied access locations. Also, the public 
has recently been told that information operations have since been scrapped, thus giving the public relief that such clandestine operations have stopped. This is a fallacious lie. They simply altered the name to Joint Command Control and Information Operations School, JC2IOS, and their graduate-level courses are taught at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. It can best be described via developing Joint Information Operation Warriors, 15 March 2006, by Lieutenant Colonel James Pickle. The Department of Defense, or DOD, has recognized the importance of information operations, I.O., particularly in light of continual technological improvements. Positive direction has been given by the Office of the Secretary of Defense and the Joint Staff, but the responsibility to organize, train, and equip remains with the services and allows for different interpretation. Inform, different interpretation. Information is impacting the spectrum of conflict more than ever before. Information dominance has always been important, but the speed and the methods at which it can be sent and analyzed and acted upon is increasing exponentially. The progress project focuses on the need for a dedicated information operation career force for the Department of Defense to truly achieve information dominance. The analysis begins with a quick review of joint information operation doctrine. Service approaches to I.O. and I.O. Uh, personnel management. Next, I.O. information operation education and training challenges are explored. Finally, recommendations to improve I.O. or information operations and broached in an effort to ensure Department of Defense information operation warriors can influence, disrupt, degrade, or deny an adversary's ability to make a coherent decision at the time of their choosing. So here's 2010 published on his comment page. And the Snowden leaks, that, when Greenwald finally started talking about InfoOps, was not till 2014. I was four years ahead of it. Before the Snowden leaks. Most of the operations, to include one of them from the GCHQ, which is the British counterpart to the National Security Agency, on their slides says, we can take paranoia to a whole different level utilizing these InfoOps tactics. Even before the team themis was published about the tactical operations of going after people, I was already published, begging these people for help. <coughs> One other directive, to control the entire electromagnetic spectrum, and what the real term is, is domination of the electromagnetic spectrum, okay? Be they, this is my words now, be they, communications, that is computers, telephones, cell phones, social networks, to disruption and or destruction of adversaries' electronic devices to the use of non-kinetic, non-lethal electromagnetic microwaves and acoustic weapons. How is it possible for the Department of Defense, the Joint Military Forces, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, the National Security Agency, and private security contractors to meet this objective? How do they integrate five core capabilities as one unit of special forces in addition to active training and recruitment of individuals? How do you get real-time, real-world experience in how to deploy and execute the integrations of five core capabilities? Then I go on with them and domination of the electromagnetic spectrum, question mark. You conduct covert illegal operations on American soil against American citizens under false flag operations. How it works. Uh, choose a solo human target, a scapegoat, 
Someone who is expendable, located in strategically selected communities, town, cities, scattered throughout the United States. A vast landscape of diversity, socioeconomics, political, religious, ethnically diverse to homogenous cities, rural towns, big and small. A virtual melting pot of profiles to assess, analyze, and manipulate. Select target audience. A target audience is also known as someone for general public. Target, your target audience could be the community members, could be you know the police station, the police chief, or whatever. You're the target audience for what they're trying to sell to get you to buy. Select target audience via psychological operation team or teams upon and against the citizens of that denied access area slash location. Seek out religious, political, community leaders and those individuals who can influence their member base in addition to seeking all weaknesses, fears of these people, in particular youth and women. Once the target audiences are profiled and analyzed to what is intolerable to them have been completed. Okay, so what did I say? Seek out these people. What have they done? What, is, what did I just read about the FBI and their fact sheet from the White House? Seeking out religious leaders, community leaders. What's on my website about the community liaison program? What did I say about young people? What did I say in 2010 that they're specifically targeting youth and women to radicalize them? What is this whole don't be a puppet? Who are they targeting to try to see how to get them not to become radicalized extremists, but young people. <clears throat> so <clears throat> seek out religious, polit po religious, political, community leaders, and those individuals who can influence their member base, in addition to seeking all weaknesses, fears of these people, in particular youth and women. Once the target audiences are profiled and, and analysis and analyzed to what is intolerable to them have been completed, go live by shaping the narrative to their advantage. Okay. What did it say that I read to you from the FBI website on Don't Be a Puppet, but about narratives and propaganda? By shaping the narrative to their advantage via target audiences' profiles, and, and using false flag operations, covert operations which are designed to deceive the public in such a way that the operations appear as though they are being carried out by other entities and against the solo human target with an aggressive smear, fear, hate, retaliation, and revenge campaign be a character and credibility assassination of the target using propaganda, negative false light narratives, whatever it takes to prey upon the citizens to turn them against the solo human target becomes the goal. Another goal is to have sufficiently manipulated the public so that they will act upon and against the target without question, without reservation, without remorse, and most of all, without regard to the target's humanity and or human life. Okay, all of those things without question, without reservation, without remorse, and without regard to the humanity and or human life of another individual are indiscriminate. Those are violence. That's violence. That's what terrorists do. One-stop shop becomes the breeding ground from 
experts, uh, for experts from science, technology, medical gathering, be they private or government funded, focus group analysis, academia, and studying, in addition to the active and aggressive recruitment, training, and experimenting with the five core capabilities in concert with specified supporting and related capabilities, all in strategic locations for real-time, real-world application, from setting up surveillance to psychological operations via shaping of the narrative and false flag in order to win over the hearts, minds, emotions of the general public to their side, to testing out and illegally experimenting with directed energy weapons, not to mention have one-stop locations whereby they can invite developers of new cutting-edge biometrics, neurotechnologies, surveillance devices, directed energy, less lethal weapons, and other weaponized technologies, in addition to real-world, real-time, physiological, biological, and or psychological effects and effects the solo human target is having. In addition to the speed with which the special operation teams can deploy and execute the operations, how fast they can manipulate the public, and how fast they can ultimately drive the target slash adversary slash enemy, okay, out of these neighborhoods. I'm sorry, it says, uh, and how fast they can ultimately drive the target slash adversary of hate, their hate, out of these communities, thus allowing them to follow the target and set up shop and yet another denied access location. So everything that's on the, the FBI's website for Do Not Be a Puppet, is like they picked information that targets, like myself, spent the time as victims to analyze what the fuck was going on with what they were doing to them. Not because you have psychic abilities. Not because you're publishing something, you know, and then you're just trying to get attention for it. But taking what they've done to you as a victim and looking out there and saying, what the fuck? And what type of operations? And always, it has to be government and it has to be military. And then twist the fate, like I said. There was an article that Mark Mazzetti wrote, and he and a brief in the article about clandestine operations and the term information operations. And that just blew it wide open for me as a victim. Searching. What specific operations? Info ops. And that was it. And I'll never forget being in Carmel. And I hit the send button to the Inspector General, outlining it. And then I wrote this thing to Jeremy Scahill on the comment section. And I outlined what, what this whole information operations and how the operations were working. And two men walked out and said, she nailed us. She nailed us. Little did I know in 2010 that there would be these Snowden leaks and all this other stuff that's starting to come out. From insiders, and they're talking about you know taking paranoia to a different level. Cointel Pro on fucking steroids and technology, fucking with people. 
and laughing about doing it. Blitzing people. See, I didn't know what blitz was. My word was go live. They went from covert to overt, in your fence, in your face, uh, you know, unequivocal that you were told that you were being targeted. That's blitzing someone. That's their word for it. I call it go live and in your face, overt. They call it blitzing. When they blitz the target in national security and their GCHQ and all these other clandestine uh, government and uh, contract operations, they call it blitzing. You hit them with everything you have, from boots on the ground to technology, and you blast that person. They don't know which way is up. That's blitzing. See, I, I still didn't know the name until the Snowden leak. I called it Go Live. Overt in your face. From, over, from covert to overt. And then they go live. And the go live means that they let you know that you are being targeted. That's blitzing. That's what the, the, the national security and their counterparts call it. They blitz people. Now, just think if you're an innocent person and they're just using you for target fucking practice. You're a law-abiding person. And they pull, they don't just pull the rug out from under you. They take you up to a 100-story building and they throw you off that building and they shatter you into a million fucking pieces. And you have to spend every day of your life gluing back those pieces. Some pieces you'll never be able to get back. You think these people gave a flying fucking shit? Oh, no, they had an agenda. They had an outcome. So I'm glad that I documented. And if there's anyone, any people out there, especially people who are trying to lead the TI communities that tell you it's not worth documenting, then right off the bat, you should question the integrity of that person. And I'm not saying you sit there and obsessively document. All you have to do is get a calendar and jot down a date, time, and an event. Date, time, and event. Because that will jog your memory. Of course, they can do things where they erase your memory, but they didn't have a right to do that. So this was really interesting about this counterterrorism and using these community groups. The targets already know about them. The question is, I think, and and... I still believe that they had to weed people out of society first. And the only way to do that was to use a human scapegoat to get the people that they would least... Because, you know, a terrorist, can, you know, like a gang member, right? They were the reds or the blacks or the, you know, certain kinds of clothing or whatever symbols, like neo-Nazis, they shaved their heads and everything. So they pretty much stand out. You know who the fuck they are. But it's the people who hide in plain sight that the hardest ones to detect. And your perpetrator community is a good representation of that on all spectrums, socioeconomics, culturally, ethnically. They hide in plain sight. And what better way to get these people to bubble to the surface and show who they really are? They think they're showing us who we really are. No, we're victims of torture and crimes. We're going to scream out and say every name and color in the book when you torture someone. 
But it's those people who commit the crimes. Those are the ones that if you're truly studying criminal behavior, behavioral, you know, behaviors of psychopaths and sociopaths, the ones that hide in plain sight are the ones that are hardest to detect until now. These are those community members that go to church, that work for police and fire and emergency, that work in stores, that even work in healthcare. You'd never guess that these people could be so fucking sadistic that they would gather in a secret group and sit there and torture someone in the privacy of that person's living space. But now they know who they are. They couldn't even take words that a target said before they started torturing them. But they still think in their deluded minds, because see, remember the word SMICE, right? The acronym SMICE. Every clandestine group, spy groups, in order to get an asset, you use the acronym S-M-I-C-E, or MICE or SMICE. S is sex. M is money. I is ideology. C is coercion, and E is ego. The vast majority of your perpetrator community, all you have to do is stoke their fucking egos. Tell them how special they were, how they passed the test, how nobody can manipulate them, how strong they are. And look at them, just, just they eat it up. They sit there, and they buy into all of it. Oh, what you're doing is not illegal. Even though these people deep down inside know that what the fuck they're doing is absolutely fucking criminal. But they still think that they're going to be these future leaders of society. These motherfuckers couldn't even take a word, words that some of the targets said before they blasted the shit out of them. And you think that they're supposed to be the future leaders of the fucking world? Before, look at, they don't like what I say, so they start pushing buttons and blasting acoustic weapons to, you know, uh, disorient my senses. Hypersonic resonance, because they don't like what I have to say. And you think that these young people should be future leaders, so if they have an argument with China or North Korea, they're just going to push nuclear buttons all over the fucking place? They are the least. Or how did I put it? They're not the, um, they're the weakest link in all of humanity. They don't represent the strength of humanity. They represent the weakest link. They can't even take words before they retaliate. They can't even decipher and, and be able to use critical thinking skills that when a handler comes to your community and tells you that it's okay to do these things, even though you know it's criminal, and you buy into the propaganda, you can't even get past propaganda then you think that you're the strongest people? You're the weakest fucking link. We are technologically advancing in biotechnologies and directed energy and electromagnetics. This is the final frontier in weaponry. And you're going to put it in the hands of people who can't even take fucking words before they retaliate and flatten your tires and vandalize your property and they're supposed to be the future leaders? And they can't even take words. They do not represent the chosen for the future 
They represent the people that they needed to weed out to ensure that they don't get their hands on this technology down the road. But they thought targets like us were just talking shit. We didn't, we didn't know what we were talking about. Thank goodness I documented. So everybody needs to go to the um, Federal Bureau of Investigation's new website that they just published about extremism. And then you need to go to my website because I've outlined it already. I'm, I, I, I'm beginning to think, you know, I wonder if, if they should be sued for plagiarism. Sometimes I hear spewing out of the mouth something that I've documented or some other target that did the research documented. It's like they just stole everything. But they won't acknowledge the fact that they use us as human scapegoats. That they knew we were innocent the whole time. And they allowed these people to do the heinous and, you know, the heinous and egregious shit that they have done to humiliate and degrade us. But they won't acknowledge the fact that they actively did that. And now they're trying to cover it all up. Because now they have a website that's not based on me being an extremist, but all the documentation I did as a victim who had to analyze what the fuck they were doing to me. Go to September 11, 2013. You hear the phone ringing. I'm calling the Los Angeles... Bureau, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And those motherfuckers hung up the phone on me. So then I called them back. And then they hung up again. And I said, every time you hang up, I'm going to keep on calling your asses back. Because I got something to say about the shit that's going on. So anyway, this is the one from Rebel Report. You know, I know people think that I made my shit up. This is from 2010. Jeremy Scahill must have gone through his... He used to have this this website called Rebel Report. But then, you know how when you don't renew your website, it goes down so the page can't be found? But recently, he must have went back and he opened up the archives to the RSS. And my information was published again. So if you go there and you click on the top one, it says DOD investigates nine cases of terrorism. There says 12 comments. Or I'll give you this link over here. And you click on that link and you scroll down. I think it's the last comment, actually. And you'll see something that says A.Mysteriosa. 
even though I spelled his name wrong, and one-stop shop. That was mine, people. But look at the date. Before the snow Before the FBI shit. So, when, when you when you're a part of the target community and you go to some of these calls and you tell you hear these people that say, you know, you don't need to document. It's not worth it. It's a waste of time and blah blah. No, it's not. If crimes are being committed against you, you have to document it somewhere. So there's another article about the phone calls, lawyer, uh, uh, lawyer, client, you know, um, privilege is the confidentiality and these bureau prisons and shit like that, how they're recording all these conversations. And in a couple cases, they actually utilize the insider information to to get the defense attorney, you know, say that, say this guy committed a crime or he didn't. And maybe they found some evidence that they didn't. So, the, you know, the, the client, the lawyer and the client are talking. They're recording the information so that if the insider information helps the other side, then they utilize it to usurp justice, basically. It's a, it's a form of, it's just heinous. You know, kind of like Target. They know that I'm going to call a lawyer. The lawyer talks to me. They don't want that information. They don't want it to happen. So by the time I get to the lawyer's office, that lawyer can't wait to get my ass out of there. Why? Because of insider information that they knew what the target was going to do, and then they try to obstruct that before it took place. Those are all crimes. Because they took insider information listening to phone conversations, like a lawyer that calls me and tells me, how come you haven't called me back? I called you every day. He happened to be coming out of court and then called me personally on the cell phone. I call your office every day to tell you to call me back. Well, maybe my calls were going to that third party. You know that fucking man in the middle fucking bullshit? So the messages were never getting to him. And it just so happened on that day, he happened to call from his cell phone instead of the office, and that call went through. Then he wants me to come to come across the golden fucking from Marin to across the Golden Gate Bridge. How many times? A law firm, two law firms, and, and a lawyer, and everything seemed okay until I got. To, by the time I got to their offices, it was like they couldn't wait to get your fucking ass out of there. And the one that decided to take it on, he couldn't probably get through to me. That's that insider shit. That's the ability through the the, the telecommunications to stop that process from happening. That's obstruction of justice. Or listening in on the private conversation and then utilizing it to your advantage so by the time you send your handlers in there to fuck with the mind of that attorney, what are you doing ultimately? You took insider information and you twisted it and you turned it so that you could get your agenda across instead of what the victim was trying to do, which was trying to get justice for what was being done to them. That's why I'll never stop until I see these fucking fascists, these turncoats, these traitors to this nation executed for the crimes they've committed.
So that's what you have to look at now. Look at all the stuff that's coming out. I mean, I look at Don't Be a Puppet from the FBI's website, and I'm looking at them. You know, you click on the link to radicalized extremism and all this shit. And it, it's just it's disheartening. Because where were those people when, when targets were begging for their lives? They were laughing and ridiculing them, and they sat in the background knowing the whole time that we were fucking innocent. That's why it makes it heinous and egregious. That's where the term moral, moral turpitude and sadism come into play. Knowing the target is innocent and allowing them to be scapegoated just so they can promote their own fucking agendas. I'm looking for one more. So you even have mice on their smites. I'm looking for something else though, on my website. Hold on. And I've read this one before too. Oh, and then I also put cult because really it it turned into a cult behavior. So um, that's another thing. You know, just the list goes on and on and on. I'm looking for something on my website. Hold on. I can never remember where this one is because I have there's different links on my website. Hold on, this one.
I'm looking for something on my website, you guys. So. Oh, here. It's number three, targets labeled. You know how we're labeled so that people are not... Because what targeted individuals and potential recruits must remember about these architectural operations and the state and corporate-sponsored terrorist assassin team or teams that implement them. The people are nothing more than a means to their ends. Just another job, operation, recruitment, and or training session and or laboratory to experiment with and or calibrate and develop their weaponized technologies and seek to study the human bio effects of the targeted individual for the purpose of future crowd control Slash mass subjugation. At the end of the day, these architectural operations and the state and corporate sponsored terrorist assessment team or teams that implement them are indifferent to the total destruction of human lives and their human connections. They make decisions to destroy based on fabricated information from the fruit of the poisonous tree, then deploy and execute warrantless and due process free operations against the targeted individual or individuals and or the citizens being recruited to carry out acts of targeted terrorism for them. One of the main goals is to compromise people. For the targeted individual, these compromises are used to get them labeled in some fashion so they can be silenced in one form or the other. For the civilian recruits, they will compromise these civilian recruits by manipulating them into committing various criminal acts of terrorism to deny or deprive the targeted individual of their rights and liberties so that each recorded act of criminality or violation of rights and liberties can be recorded against the civilian recruit or recruits, organization, and or groups so this information can be used to coerce them into continued support and acts against the next targeted individual, group, organization, and or corporation. So it's compromising people, it's labeling people. So these these young perps that are out there thinking, oh, yeah, my ass is, I'm free. Yeah, I did it when I was younger, but I don't want to, I didn't do it anymore. But they got a dossier on you. So say you start working, you know, you get out of college and you're working for a company or something and some, you know, one of the top people, you know, from the perp group, they want that company. They want that proprietary information. And they found a way to encrypt things so you can't get it. But you're a compromised person. And you they knock on your door and say, Hey, remember us? And these kids will say, Yeah, but you know what? I was young and I felt bad about what I did to that target. I know they died, but you know, I was off the hook and I, I don't want anything to do with it. You know that company you're working for? Nah, you know, I like the company, the people are good, they're ethical, blah, blah, blah. Well, we don't give a shit. Because here's the dossier. You see all this stuff you did? Now, we can use it to exploit your ass. So what are you going to do? Here's the thumb drive. You're going to put it into the computer system at the company? Or are we going to expose all the shit you did to that innocent person? You're never off the hook. Ever. You guys sat there and laughed. You know, they got all those videos of watching you guys laugh sadistically as you tortured an unarmed, innocent, defenseless human being. And now you think you're a mayor or a governor 
or what lawyer or whatever, and they just have to pop out the video and show what type of sick, twisted fucking shit you are. You think you got the goods on targets? They got even more goods on the perpetrator community. That's why I know that part of what was happening was to weed these motherfuckers out. Not because they were the best and the brightest, but because they were the weakest links. Because they are the weakest links. So I wrote something too when I when my on my theory about uh, targeting. Let me see where is that. I'm looking for another part. Um, there's something I'm also I'm, I can't I can't find it from my website, but it talks about how I, I believe this. The reason why I believe it was experimental and it was recruitment and training is because, by and large, most of the targets were in their 40s, 50s, 60s. They were established people. They were they had lived or were retired or on the precipice of retirement. They were law-abiding. They paid their taxes. So you're going to use people like that, one, because it's safe for the people who they're really training. But two, you you are also know that they're innocent. And can you take an innocent person and make them look guilty using propaganda? And then what they also proved was that all the surveillance that's happening you know how they said the ACLU wants empirical evidence? They have the empirical evidence to show radicalization, to prove that when provide, when given power, civilians, you know, power, secrecy, tactics and techniques, that they take that power and they abuse it and they torture, they maim, they mutilate, and they kill. These are people that you'd never expect within your society who could commit such heinous and egregious crimes against another human. We're all doing it under the auspices. Remember, like the FBI website said, because it's a just cause, because it's for the greater good. Those are ideological principles, fundamentalism, radicalization.
and that's how I knew that most of this was experimental. Even my own website says target practice, right? Um, a victim, I talk first about a victim of domestic terrorism, my theory on gang stalking. This is my theory on organi- you know, gang organized stalking and electronic harassment. Target practice for future domestic and global operations and to recruit and train the new generation of operatives, spies, and assassins. But these young kids, that they think that they're being recruited. They're not being recruited. You're the last people they recruit. You don't have any loyal. You truly don't have any loyalty, especially to humanity, or ethics, or rules. So, target practice, and the reason why I believe that was because you weren't hearing like a vast group. You know, when you hear these young people, you know most of them are first. They come on the calls that they were established people and/or early retirement. They lived a life. They were law-abiding. You know, and all this other stuff. So why would you why would you use those type of people? Well, one because, like I said, these people go to law enforcement and they would they would try to use the rule of law because the rule of law because they live within a society that they believe a civilized civilized society would utilize. Two because they knew that these people had, the targets had already been vetted and they knew that they were not on the most part nonviolent people. So that would make the tra- the true trainees safe. And three, we were easily expendable because if any of these biological anomalies came up, they could attribute it to age. Or like a lot of times they use single women, you know, or widows or divorcees because they claim that, oh, those women are just being hysterical. You know, those, those, those specious arguments, those bullshit claims. She wants attention. She's lonely. That's all a crock of fucking shit. So you could dismiss that person. You know, oh, she's going through the change or whatever. You know, they utilize all those type of sexist type of bullshit to try to dismiss the true victims that came forward to all proper authorities. That's why I'm glad I documented, because it becomes irrefutable that I, as the victim, outlined the operations, what was happening to me. I don't claim other targets. This is my analysis of what they did to me and where I found information about how the operations worked. And I haven't been proven that wrong yet. So this thing that came out from the intercept, uh, you know, about this puppet, the go- the government, this you know, community-based groups strengthening these type of things. Well, now they got to neutralize the very people that they turned into extremists. So now they're reversing it and saying, "Oh, we need to counter extremism, especially with young people." But most targets, no. Look at all the fucking young people that are actively involved. And you're targeting. Well, if you're trying to curb extremism, you can't curb extremism with that kind of extremism or saying that it's okay for them to be extremists, but nobody else can. That's not going to work. But I will always, and I stated this before, 
They're, they're, they use targets to bring these type of people to the surface, not the ones you wanted to recruit, but the ones that pose the most danger. And look at these motherfuckers bubble to the surface, especially the more a target is hated. You know, when I was, when I was kicking the, the uh, carbonaries, uh, I was in a, the square in Florence, one of the, you know, popular squares, the city centers or whatever they call them. And I was pissed off because they shut down my ATM cards. So I was asking the police to help because I needed to get in touch with the United States to find out why both two different financial institutions would shut down my ATM cards when I walked into those institutions before I went to Europe and told them that unless I called them, you know, I was traveling. So we're in the middle of a square in Florence, Italy, and these, there's four of these officers, the Carbonaris, right, with their machine guns, and they're sitting there, and I ask, I'm asking them for help in my broken Italian. You know those motherfuckers can speak English. And they were laughing at me, so I, kick, I kicked the police car. And then they started laughing some more because they, wrote, they knew exactly what was going on. So then I kicked the tires, and I was demanding that they listen to me. This is in the middle of an Italian square in Italy. Then finally they called an officer who spoke fluent English, so then we went over to the police station. And as I was waiting for that English-speaking officer, and I remember they came out, one of them came out and looked at the car, and you know, because I kicked it, but I didn't kick it really hard. I just kicked it as a symbolism to stop ignoring me. I got something to say. I'm a victim of crimes. So then when they ignore me again, I kicked the tires again. First, I kicked the door, and then I kicked the tire so that they would pay attention. <laughs> so they come out with their machine guns, and you know, this is stupid things to do, but when you're desperate and you're the victim of this type of organized group fucking terrorism, that's where I know that there's international recruits in the perpetrator community. And actually, one of the detectives in one of the cities that I lived in called it mobbing. So they were aware of citizens coming forward about these groups of civilians or citizens that were isolating a citizen and targeting them. They called it mobbing in Italy. So needless to say, I'm waiting for the, the, the English-speaking officer to come, and these two Americans come by, and they go, we could have never pulled this off without her. Never. What does that mean? Well, you've got to get someone that people would absolutely fucking hate. And see how many of these motherfucking psychopaths bubble to the surface. It's not about someone that you like. It's about having a, you know, they call it these one personality types. So you have, it was like Ronald Reagan or Obama or Clinton. You know, they have these type of one personalities where people just like gravitate and love you. But people can also have one personality types where people either like you or they fucking hate your guts. And that's, that's what I have. And so they knew it, and they knew that I would that they could I could touch those nerve points on people. They would just hate with an intensity, and they literally said, "We could have never pulled this off without her." They were laughing their asses off because they were sitting there watching me as I'm yelling at the Italian police and kicking their fucking vehicle in the middle of a fucking square in Florence, Italy. Why? Because these motherfuckers here in the States shut down my ATM cards from two different financial institutions simultaneously. 
and they're laughing. There's three, there was two or three of them. There was two. No, I think there were two of them, or maybe there was three. And they're all these Caucasian, goddamn fucking white guys laughing their asses off, saying we could have never pulled this off without her. What was it pulling off to set up people, to bubble people to the surface, to get a global coalition? And then to ultimately know how to neutralize them when they got out of control. But laughing at a person who was terrified, couldn't understand why their cards had been shut down. One of them said, oh, you can can withdraw 50 euros, uh, you know, up to 200 euros, so you have to stand at the machine in order to get 200 euros. That's four times you have to keep logging into the ATM machine as you're standing outside. Now talk about uh, uh, compromising someone's safety and security by standing at a machine to try to get 200 fucking euros. In one, usually you can get it one time. I have to stand there and keep, keep going into the ATM machine if I needed more. And those guys were laughing their fucking asses off. Think about what you would feel like and how terrorized you would feel. And this was the early days of targeting. That's why I'll never forgive this. I'll never let it go. And I'll never stop until these people are sitting on death fucking row where they belong. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.